Welcome to On Texas Football. I am Joe Cook, joined today by Justin Wells. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you hit that like button and also subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure you check out InsideTexas.com. Still got our promo running uh, $1 for four months of plus access. Uh, that'll get you not just a bunch of in, uh, National Signing Day news with the class of 2023 coming up, but bowl practice info and uh, a host of other information on Inside Texas. So come check us out. And, and Justin, uh, I'm back in Texas, back from uh, Mississippi, no longer on the golf course. Uh, but you are uh, still in East Texas, and uh, there's one more week of football in the high school ranks before by district gets going, and it's it's going to be a fun one. And of course, after that, we got a Longhorn football game to uh, feed. I don't even know. We got a Longhorn football game. Yeah. Hey, listen. You, I think you, one of the greatest tweets you've ever comprised came out last Saturday. By week is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it buddy, was. It, buddy, it is. It, it's a, it really is because now we're recharged. And inside Texas, we didn't take a bye week, mm-hmm. but we got recharged. We got refocused. And so yes. we got Kansas State. And look, guys, everyone that's covered or followed Texas in the last 20 or 30 years understands just how important that, that going to Manhattan, that trip can be. Some really, really fun wins, some really debilitating losses. And Kansas State's playing hellacious football right now. Not to mention, like you said, last it's week 10, last week of the regular season for Texas high school football. The playoffs will start next week. Already have some ideas of, of who's going to face who. I'm already actually putting together a schedule of who I'm going to go see next week. And then what's funny about today is all these high school football coaches think they're slick. They think they're slick, Joe. They've rescheduled all their games that were originally on Friday for Thursday, and they've claimed weather conditions. They've claimed the weather channel says this. No, 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 no. I'm on to them. They want that extra day of prep for playoffs. And that's that's what they're getting. It's smart when you get this time of year. And uh, speaking of extra prep, Texas had that with that bye week. They got to sit at home and, and watch Kansas State go up and basically just do whatever they want. Uh, to Oklahoma State. Um, Andrew Martinez didn't play a whole lot. I think it was Will Howard who uh, who Texas saw last year um, put together a really strong performance. Same with Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Texas is going to have a big task when they go up to Manhattan, Kansas. They haven't lost there since 2016 in a game I think you were at. It was a close game, but in that whole 2016 season, it was pretty rough. Uh, but ever since then, I think that's the last one they lost. Sam Ellinger's first start, 2017. Uh, Tom Herman versus Bill Snyder, 2018. Cameron Dicker hitting one at the gun in 2019. Um, Bijan and Roshan running all over in 2020. And then last year, 2021, the, the season finale with Roshan Johnson. So Texas has had success against uh, you know Bill Snyder in his last year uh, and also uh, last two years and also Chris Kleiman. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that that Texas is going to bring up to Manhattan, um, who and, a, and one thing, one player who has really yet to prove himself on the road in very limited sample size is Quinn Ewers. Didn't get to go against Texas Tech. He was still nursing that shoulder injury or whatever the side injury was, and he did not look good. He looked pretty bad um, in Stillwater. Uh, of course, there was the wind. Of course, there was this whole thing about his fingernail or whatever. 
those don't really excuse, I don't think, and I don't think Quinn Ewers thinks that, don't really excuse the performance that he put out on the field. Um, I think part of it had to do with maybe Steve Sarkeesian sort of reined him in some and said, hey, man, you know, maybe not try these 40-yard bombs downfield when you got the underneath route going. That's all kind of neither here nor there at this point that we've gotten, you know, I think 12 days out. But long and short is Quinn Ewers is going to have to go on the road against a style of defense that he's faced a couple times this year, had good success against it once and decent success against it twice, and help Texas get a win uh, to, you know, get their month of November off to a hot start. You know, I, you know, we talked, Trey Elling and I talked about it on Tuesday night on, on Texas football about how, you know, Quinn Ewers, he's going through the, fr- the regular freshman hiccups. You got to throw that first pick. That's kind of silly. Well, he did that on the first drive of the first play of the, the first drive of the game against ULM. He went to the, went on the road and had that stinker on the road. And, and that, that was definitely what happened in Stillwater, but I also looked a little closer and, and Quinn, he'll be the first one to take responsibility for all of it, which he did in the post game. And I, I admire that, but then you look closer at, at the whole thing and you see that Quinn was only a small part of that problem of getting the ball downfield, small part. Like you said, Sark being a little, um, maybe a little, um, overzealous with targets to Xavier Worthy, even when he went into bracket coverage in the second half. Jordan Whittington and, and, and Tariq Milton maybe getting on the field a little bit more, especially with Jordan being open. Jatavian Sanders w- it was open on a handful of times. Those receivers got to get on the same page. So I'm not going to put that all on Quinn. And I'll say this. If there's one guy who, for, for the length of time we've seen him play, come off a bad game, and generally he doesn't have a lot of bad games, but when he would, his personality, some quarterbacks, you know this, you can lose a quarterback after a game like that, especially a young guy. Quinn's different. He's different. I'm not saying he's going to come out and like the world on fire in Manhattan, but he's different. He, he gets past the bad stuff pretty quickly, just as much as the good stuff. He really is a look-forward kind of kid and completely trusts Sark. So I think that's a big, big question going into to Manhattan is how's Quinn Ewers going to play? But also, how are these receivers going to play? Are they going to finish routes? Are they going to know what shoulder to turn to? Are, are, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. And I think it's going to be something that uh, it's a good test. It's going to be a great test because this is the first game of a pretty strong run in the year. They got four left. And these four games can really identify what 2022 season becomes. And there's a lot in front of them. And so I'm with you. I think, I think Quinn had a stinker last week. I think he's due for a, for a, for a big game in Kansas state at night in Manhattan. It's going to be tough. You know me, I picked K-State to win the big 12 championship at the beginning of the year because I felt like Chris Kleiman's got his guys. Now he's got his culture now. He's got two quarterbacks that he feels like he can win with on a regular basis. He's got Malik Knowles. And then, of course, he's got that Austin native, the pinball machine, Deuce Vaughn. So I'm looking forward to Saturday only because we didn't have one last week. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're kind of refocused. We're ready to get back into one. It's going to be a night game. It can be hell. It can be purple hell when it's at night in Manhattan. I know you're going to be eager to to, to be there as well. I'm looking forward to it, Joe. I, I, You know, even with the line, I think this is such an interesting game. And for whatever reason, I feel like Texas is this is a winnable game for those guys. It, it absolutely is. I think you've seen Texas play teams of, of similar competency throughout the course of the year and been pretty close. Um, I think for Quinn, though, it, it's going to be emphasizing a lot of the things that worked against Oklahoma. I mean, granted, Brent Venables is in year one up there, and they're still figuring out how to run that defense. Iowa State knows how to run it, and Quinn still had uh, <clears throat> a moderate amount of success there. He's got to build off that. Um, that's going to be the key to this game for Kansas State. Uh, or, or Quinn Ewers, um, he's got to be kept clean by that offensive line. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's got to probably vary the run game a little bit more, but yeah, it's Steve Sarkeesian calls it the most important position in sports. A lot of people uh, agree with that. It's going to come down a lot to what Quinn is able to do and making sure he plays a clean football game because one of the big problems with Texas is that when their offense stalls out, that defense, which Advanced metrics love because they don't give up big plays, which, yeah, that's a good thing. But when you're when you're on there for 90 plays like they have been in a couple of their losses, no defense is going to be as effective as they possibly can be in 90 plays. So never staying clean, uh, hitting, you know, sustaining drives, hitting those deep shots. Quinn Ewers has to be uh, he has to grow up. I mean, that's the long and short of it. He There are times when when we all knew this before the season and during the season, it's so hard to recognize at the time, uh, but it's still the case. They're going to be freshman moments. This is his first year as a full-time starter. Uh, he was a fourth stringer or a third stringer at best last year at Ohio state. Uh, this is his first time having to read defenses that are, you know, not his team. It's going to be tough for him in some points. He's got to be able to overcome that and still, do an effective job. It could, ha- it would help him if they had a third wide receiver, but I think they'll find, uh, they'll find, they'll money ball that position, probably either with Tariq Milton, maybe Casey Kane still, or the tight ends, but still a big one. I don't know. I mean, Kansas State at night, uh, it's a good environment. It's a, it's going to be, uh, you know, really crowded there. It's a full college environment there. It really right. is. It's, I don't it, know. it's not over the top. It, it's not over the top, uh, but they, they care a lot and, that stadium has improved in, in, in the past decade, and it's always a, a fun one to go check out. But yeah. um, this is going to be – and it, but the thing is, it's not the environment. It's the team they're facing, and it's the defense that he's facing that's going to be key to this one. Um, anything also, else on, on offense? They're peaking. I want to yeah. let people understand, we saw Kansas State potentially at their peak on Saturday. Like, we did not right. expect – we expected a close game against OSU. That was going to happen. We did not expect a 48 to nothing thumping. And to me, I think that helps Texas. 
because K-State revealed some stuff. They showed some stuff that they were probably holding back more so for, you know, the mid-conference mid play. And Kansas State's playing really good ball. And that's why I think this win could be huge for Texas because you go into Manhattan, you beat a strong team. What were they ranked in the rank right now? Are they like 17th, 18th? I think, I think in the playoff they're 13th. 13th? That's <laughs> – that's that's respect. That's the respect that the committee shows Kansas State and what those guys are doing up there. And so, to me, this is a win that really propels you into next week. And if you get TCU undefeated, top ten team just outside the college football playoff, they have everything to play for this year. That to me is the game because the, the the visitor list is starting to build. There's going to be some big-time recruits in the stadium for that one. That's really one of the last opportunities they're going to have for that. This, I think this game leads into the next week with a win and really jump starts and, and finishes this 2022 season. I think it really does it on a high note. I get that. We'll move to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that's where Texas has been banged up pretty badly. Um, Anthony Cook had uh, broke his, I think, forearm uh, against Oklahoma State. Uh, Ryan Watts, he, he left the game, then came back into the game and has not been seen since. And Steve Sarkeesian declined to really give a status on both those guys. Uh, between the two of them, I, I think they're both equally as important. I think if I had to pick one over the other, I say Anthony Cook because You've gotten some decent play from the corner position from Terrence Brooks, from Austin Jordan, heck, yes. even from Jay Barron when when Jade Barron when they've uh, had to put him out there. The guys behind Anthony Cook, it's been a struggle. Whether it's been Keaton Crawford, Michael Taff, guys who have played hard, but they just don't have the experience in the system that Cook has. Again, Steve Sarkeesian didn't say whether or not he'd be playing this weekend. It doesn't, unless he's got a big old club. Um, and has a really high pay tolerance, which hey, he may very well might. It's kind of hard for me to see Anthony Cook out there this weekend. We'll learn from Steve Sarkeesian probably after this video when he has his normal uh, 11 a.m. Zoom uh, on Thursdays. But, you know, just thinking about how that injury looked and, and Steve Sarkeesian's uh, reluctance to really give an update, I don't know if we'll see number 11 out there on the field. Yeah. That one's going to be tough. Um, I would like, you know, what's uh, on one on one end, and, and we didn't really mention it, looking for the number three receiver, I think number 11 on the other side could be a guy that we saw a little burst against Oklahoma State. So I'd like to see that guy turn out. And the only reason I said that is because you you brought up number 11 and you know how Texas rosters are. So I got to go back and forth. Anthony Cook has been so solid this year, Joe. He's really graded well. And it's, it's good because Jerry and Thompson has played so well. They've really complemented each other. And only when they those two started getting dinged up do we st start seeing some chinks in the armor of this defensive secondary in the back end. Obviously, Ryan Watts, I think the hamstring was probably the biggest knock there. The Jalen Gilbo status, that's a kid that I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him much the rest of the year. But that's, that's yet to be determined. And so those guys, the, even – I wonder even if Anthony Cook, knowing it's his senior year, he's and knowing how much he's grown and matured, he's really going to want to play. And I'm wondering if he's good for 20, 25 snaps. I'm wondering if he can, you know, lean a little hand in there, you know, while that's all that's going on. Because, like you said earlier, 
what, Jaron Thompson had 101 snaps against Oklahoma State. John A. Barron had 104. It's damn near criminal, man. I don't care how good they are. You don't do that. You don't put your players in that position. Jaron Thompson was playing hurt. There was no reason for him to go back in. But he is a dog from the mud of East Texas, and so you can't tell him any different. It's just the way he's raised. At the end of the day, this defense – I don't worry about it with Kansas State in that back end as much because they, they, they'll they be able to throw the ball a little bit, but that's not their offense. And that's not something I think they exploit easily. For them, they want to run the ball and control the, control the clock and, and get big plays from Deuce out of the backfield a lot of times. That, to me, it, it kind of missed – it's kind of a good matchup for Texas because linebackers are healthy. Overshone looks good. Jalen Ford's playing at an all-conference level. The edge players are playing better. Baron Sorrell and those guys. I, I, I like that matchup a little bit better when, when you're talking about Kansas State's offense against Texas defense. Now, TCU the next week, and we'll talk about that next week, that's a that's a team that's going to chunk the ball. That's where you need Anthony Cook in for more reps. That's when you need Ryan Watts back playing regular snaps. I think with Kansas State, you can, you can win this game without how to maximize those guys, without having to push them too far. Like you said, more of a pain tolerance thing on some of these issues, to how far you can push them. I think Kansas State gives those guys an opportunity to do that. And plus, like you Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. If Texas can figure out a way to run the ball consistently in the fourth quarter, we've seen it in first halves all year. We've seen it somewhat in third quarters for some of the year. It's in the fourth where... There's maybe an adjustment here or there that needs to be made because of something that the defense has picked up. If they get that, if they get two, three first downs at the end of last Saturday or the end of Texas Tech, they're undefeated on the road. It's really that close. And so I think with Kansas State, we're, we might see more of a, of a push for Rashawn Johnson in third quarter, fourth quarters, final drives. I think you see the same with Bijan as well. So – that I like this matchup for whatever reason. There's been times this year where I thought Texas is probably not going to win this game, and they wound up pulling it out. This is one that I feel like really lines up well for the Horns, uh, even though it is Kansas State, even though it is a, a tough opponent. There's these matchups I think favor Texas. I really do. Yeah, that the secondary for Texas. It's I mean, can you stop Malik Knowles, and then can you wrangle in Deuce Vaughn? Uh, I, yeah. I'm trying to think of the the big play threats that Kansas state has. And it's, it's just not their MO. They're very good at moving the ball down the field. Again, defensive back still important in the run defense. And, but Texas has had pretty good interior defensive line play stop them. So as long as they aren't uh, giving up big lapses in the back end, we'll see, we'll see, but I mean, it's going to be tough if they're without cook. And again, we say pain tolerance, but there's also the fact that he broke his arm. Like he may just not be able to go out there. And the doctor says, Nope, sorry, buddy. And hey, that's you have to be able to find out what's going to happen next with that. But I mean, it, it's a it's an interesting matchup. But they're playing a really really tough 
team on the road. Anything else about the the Longhorn secondary? Are you ready to talk a little bit of uh, you know high school football winding down? You know what? We can shift. We can shift because I I'm honestly eager about this this game on Saturday. I really am. I think it's the type of game I love. Sark coming off a bye. I love Sark getting 13, 14 days to prepare and seeing as much as they did against Oklahoma, Kansas State against Oklahoma State. So, yeah, we can shift to high school because people are going to think I'm crazy. But in our roundtable, I've got Texas winning, which reminds me I need to send something out this morning. And regardless, <laughs> yeah, I got Texas winning. I like them in this matchup. So we can pivot now to the uh, the, the the wild world of recruiting. And yeah, and the like playoffs are coming. Like you mentioned, a lot of uh, high school coaches shifting a day early, maybe probably to get that extra day of rest. There is weather around the state. I think from the Metroplex all the way across East Texas. Me, man. You ain't full Houston. of me. Coaches will look for every single example of it. I can't tell you how many coaches I talked to in the last few days that were pissed off they didn't do this last week. They were mad that other schools got the advantage of, hey, we can shift it to Thursday. Nobody's going to say anything. And yeah. they did. So I think you're seeing follow the leader, which is what mm-hmm. we see a lot in high school football with coaches and a lot with college coaches and a lot with schemes and formations in the NFL. That's where we're at right now. And, hey, I give them credit. Get that extra day of work because the playoffs, that's when it gets real. Absolutely. But a uh, question I kind of want to ask you, I, I've hit a couple high school games. You're way out on the road a lot more. Uh, than I am. I've seen one, or I've seen two. I saw South Lake Carroll and Keller uh, during the uh, Texas OU weekend, just sitting in the stands. And I saw Temple versus uh, Arlington Martin with uh, McCall Harrison Pilot taking on JV and Toviano. Um, and so that's the one that sticks out for me. I'm just curious from your end, um, who's the most, what's the best performance you've seen on the road this year by Texas recruit or otherwise? I, I have one in mind. Um, let's, let's go one other one in general, and then one for sure from a Texas commit. I think I know what your best one in general is, and it's a guy who's heading out East. You know, I've seen a lot of games this year, probably more practices than I have games. I put more focus there and I knew you were going to put me on the spot with this. I'll say, um, and that now that you're like, well, there's one. I, now I'm expecting. I hope I know which one you're talking about. Um, <laughs> we'll start with the easy one for me. Uh, I got to see Micah Hudson week two against Warren Roberson, one of the best DBs in the state, recently committed to TCU. Texas fans, be prepared. You're going to get four years of hell against Warren Roberson. That kid is an absolute animal in the back end, and he is going to do a lot of damage for the Horn Frogs. They matched up, Micah Hudson against Roberson, and it was a good battle. Roberson got a, a good amount of licks in, but Micah Hudson couldn't be stopped. I want to say caught three touchdowns, including the game winner with like two minutes and 30 seconds left. Hudson just moves effortlessly. Everything is just fluid and, and precise. And so that performance, I knew Micah Hudson was a badass. When I came out of that game, it was confirmed. That, okay, there's a reason he's the number two receiver in the country. There's a reason Texas is banging on his door every other day in a handful of other schools, including Ohio State, who he visited a couple weeks ago. So off the top of my head, Micah Hudson is the big performance I've seen. Now, I'm trying to remember. 
See, the one I was saying was Jalen Hale. I thought you saw him go for 200 yards at one point for, for Longview. I saw Jalen – I've seen Jalen three times, and he did pretty – he went for about 180 against Lufkin. Pedestrian. He, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, and that's, That was when Brennan Marion was, was on the sideline, and he got to see him for, for most – for uh, about a half of the game. But, yeah, um, Jalen Hale went, went, went pretty crazy on Lufkin. And then, and that to me was you know, indicative of why Texas wanted him and why Alabama uh, got him, just right. because you know, Hell was a great player. I'll tell you one big performance that I missed and I regret was Jonte Cook against Lake Ridge. Mm. I want to say four touchdowns in the first half. He wound up going for about a one, I think 150, 175, receiving five touchdowns overall. And so that was a performance that I had to make sure and text my dude after the game and let him know, hey, that's that's that that that's type of stuff you, you remember for a long time. And they're playing really good football right now. And so that was one I missed, but but I know it was of note. Um what about as far as Texas commits that you've seen? I know you've seen Arch. Uh I know you've yeah. seen you have seen Jonte at practice. Uh what about some of the you know Texas commits? Yeah, the, there you go off the top of my head, Arch Manning. Um I saw him in his first preseason exhibition game and the thing about what I saw and what everyone else has seen through the season they've seen Arch Manning chunking the football every every Friday night and, and he does it so easy he looks like a mini Eli Manning the way he throws the ball it's just effortless and you can tell he's been doing it since birth but what I saw from Arch wasn't a passing threat I saw his running ability they played a good team that that basically put eight deep and said, all right, see what you can do underneath. And Arch said, I got this. 6'4", 210 pounds. He wasn't the statue I think people were expecting. He was he was versatile. And I asked him after the game, so where did this dual threat thing come? Do we need do we need to change your, your pocket yeah, presence? You know, do we need to change your category? Yeah, are you in the wrong category, pocket passer? And he said, you know, I've been I've been wanting to be a running quarterback my whole life. He said, when I was a kid, I was kind of a scrambler. When things weren't open, I would run around. He said, but the older I get, the more I know that I, I'm, I'm better in the pocket. But they were giving – and then he starts to diagram exactly what the defense was giving him and basically explains, I had to run here on this set. I had to run to this – you know, run to this side. And so Art showing his legs and his and his adjustments and ability to adjust, I thought was huge. I forgot that I'd gone and seen him in August. And then, um, man – Trying to think if there are any more. I will say one target I saw uh, before he was offered, and he was offered a few days later, was was, was Geichel Baker, the wide receiver out of Brownsboro. We're actually going to have a notebook on him up in the next few days. Uh, we've got we've got some scouts that are absolutely enamored with that kid, and he looked great the night I went to see him, and that was against Carthage, against a team that hadn't given up a touchdown in the first three quarters of any game all season. And so Baker was able to actually to get 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 six in one of those instances. And so, man, I knew you were going to put me on the spot. That's the thing about traveling a lot. You see a bunch of stuff and you got to try to remember and compartmentalize exactly who you saw and, and how you saw it. But off the top of my head, I think those would be the, the most marketable ones. Uh, I saw Will Randall before he was injured and he had a great game with, with, with Arch, the game that I was there. Um, another commit. Aaron Hampton, I've got to see him one time this year, the 2024 commit. And I'm telling you what, 
he can play anywhere. I don't think there's a spot on the defense or offense he can't play, and special teams might be his cup of tea. This gets house and punts and, and, and kickoffs on a regular basis. And so Hampton's flashed a little bit. Um, yeah, I think – I guess that's probably the ones I've seen that have really made the biggest impact. I, and like I said, a lot of them I've seen at practice. Jonte Cook, Kobe Black, Michael Uni, um, Dozy Uzakama. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys that, you know, in, in different situations that may be an offer, might not be an offer. But it's been a fun season, but it only gets more fun next week. That's when it gets – that's when I enjoy this part of the job because the playoffs, the intensity, the fans, the atmosphere, that's when it really uh, gets serious. Yep. We'll be at Jerry World before too long, so – should yeah. be fun. Like I mentioned earlier, I think mine's JV and Toviano against McCall Harrison Pilot. Uh, Arlington Martin went down to Temple. He had a pick six. He How had- good is Toviano? It's almost he's so good, you kind of take it for granted. Right. I mean, he put down – that's a very interesting offense at Temple's run for a long time, and and he put the clamps down on it. It was impressive. And, man, McCall Harrison Pilot, he's a great player, but he had a rough game, and a lot of it had to do with – JV and Toviano. So that was that was the big one. Um, there was a wide receiver with Keller. Uh, he's got a Baylor and a Tech offer. I'm forgetting his name, but that was the other guy. And that shows how under the radar and, hey, you know, guess who can find guys like that? Joey McGuire uh, from a, a program. I don't think Keller puts out a bunch, but they, they have a guy this year and Southlake decided to double cover him. Wish I remember his name, but uh, good t- stuff about high school football. It's time for picks. And uh you're five and three. I'm three and five. Uh, we got a line right here looking at it on Bovada. Make sure it's not updated because they update quickly. Texas, according to the Latvians, at least the, these Latvians, <laughs> a three-point favorite in Manhattan, minus 140 on the money line. Uh, Justin, you picked Texas. Do you think it's Texas minus three as well? You know, I, I am taking Texas in this one. I do. I do feel good about this. Um, I am a little surprised they're the favorites, but like I say time and time again, Las Vegas knows more than we do. And they usually do. They're usually on it a little bit more than we are. Um, I got, I got Texas winning and I got them covering. Uh, I think they'll, they'll, they'll get more than a field goal for this win. I do think it's going to be a closer game. And I also feel like it might be a little more high scoring than people expect. Beginning of the season, I wouldn't have said this, but kind of seeing how the season's transpired. As I'm looking, it just changed to 2.5. Because all the money's that. If it's three, I guarantee you 70% of the money is going to Kansas State. Yeah. Good thing you got it. Last week with Oklahoma State. Good thing you got it in at three uh, (laughs) because. You know. What's the over-under? It's at 54 and a half. So like 27, 27, you know, that that kind of range. Yeah, I see um, that. I see that kind of game. So I'm going to take Texas. I'm going to take them to cover. And I'm going to take the over. Okay. Let's say you. I So here's the thing. I think I'm going to give away two picks for the price of one, and that's price is free. I think Texas probably drops this game, but I think they win out. I think they can beat TCU at home. Um I, I think that that Kansas State is just going to be able to, you know, death. They they know the death by a thousand cuts is the best way to kill this Texas defense, and that's that's the way that all these teams have done it this year. 
maybe save for Alabama, just, you know, slog, 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 and then a couple big plays. So um, I'm, I'm going to pick Kansas State out, outright. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, I'll, you know, I, I, I locked in at plus three also. So uh, we'll, we'll play the numbers, but I, I also have Kansas State winning outright. But I think Texas gets the – the best of TCU down the road. And I, you know what? I think they go ahead and finish eight and four. So, oh man, I got to catch up. That's the thing. And not only is it a, a, a idea pick, it's I'm three and five and you're five and three. I got that's, that's your problem, Joe. You're, you're, you're competing against me when you should be competing against yourself. Oh man. You, you have know. got to look in, inward and find your own truth. And you can't, oh, Justin got the lead. I got it. That's where I got you. You started oh, talking like that two weeks ago. I'm like, I got his ass. This is uh, this is mine. I'll catch you. I'll catch you. <laughs> Any, anything else, Justin, before we uh, wrap this up and uh, start waiting on Sark? No, I, I know you got, you got Sark coming up here pretty quick in the next hour. Uh, we've got some more stuff coming up on Inside Texas over the next uh, day or two. Uh, definitely going to have uh, a lot uh, on Saturday morning. I know that you'll be you'll be doing the Kansas State thing. We'll be I'll be here holding it down at the command center, uh, the Inside Texas Command Center. And so uh, I, I I enjoyed the bye week, Joe. I enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed it. You 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 went uh, you know you went Mississippi climbing, and so that was uh, that that looked like a lot of fun. And so and I got to hang out with my son and then go trick or treating, which was an absolute blast. Oh man, yeah, that was a blast. So we we soaked up the bye week. I'm ready for a game. I don't like these Saturdays without games anymore. So that that that's a, that's my sign off. Texas and Kansas State. Let's uh let's get crazy. Sounds good to me. I'm ready for the game too. So, all right. Thank you for watching this episode. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, come check us out on Inside Texas. We got stuff every day on this channel between lunch with the coach, state of the program, recruiting breakdown, just stuff always coming on this channel. Thank you so much to Matt Hutchinson, our producer, and for Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook. We will see you next time.